everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, and today I am so excited. I have Avery Casper with me today. She is a fellow graduate student at the Savannah College of Art and Design, and she's a painting major, and I met her in my drawing for illustrators class. Hi, Avery. How are you doing today? I'm great, Nancy. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, I have really enjoyed watching your journey and your exploration in your painting work and then also being an art teacher. Um, but I, I could go on about you, but how about you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Awesome, yeah, so I grew up in Kansas. I've lived here my entire life. Um, I actually grew up on a working cattle farm. Um, I have three daughters and I work as a full-time high school art teacher at Ellsworth High School and then also as an adjunct instructor for Kansas Connections Academy. Um, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in fine art and a bachelor's degree in secondary education from Fort Hayes State University. Um, I currently reside in Ellsworth, which is a tiny little town in the middle of Kansas. Um, I just like hanging out with my kids. I spend a lot of time working on school. Um, I kind of like live, eat, breathe school all the time. I'm either teaching or taking classes or thinking about teaching or taking classes. So uh, it kind of controls my life. But um, other than that, my hobbies include uh, pretty much just making art all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds, it sounds a little similar to my background as well. And I think I, that's why I was so interested and drawn to what you were doing with your work, because you were doing all these amazing things and teaching full time. I think that is such a huge workload. And plus, you're a mom. <laughs> and so I go like, and then you have this cute little farm with all these animals. I was like, how does she do it? She must like not sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't require a lot of sleep, but yeah, it's chaos all the time. It's like my own little circus. So I wanted to ask, it's a two-part question. So what inspired you to be an artist? And then what inspired you to be a teacher? Okay, so I've actually always loved art. Um, I can remember when I was probably five years old, we had cattle all over the countryside. And so my mom and I, I would sit in the pickup and while we were driving every day and checking these cattle, it would take several hours. I remember like sitting and her asking her, you know, ask me something to draw. And so I would draw what she told me to draw. And so I just, that's my very first memory of making art was drawing in these little tiny books in the back of the pickup as we checked cattle. Um, and then obviously my mom is really artistic. And so I feel like she always kind of encouraged it, but not in a pushy way, um, just really, allowed me to kind of, I, I took some college art classes when I was in high school. Um, and so that was really awesome. It was a great opportunity for me. And it really kind of turned a light on in my head. I was like, I, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I had a brief moment my freshman year of college where I wanted to study uh, human biology and become a doctor. And that lasted all of about, I don't know, nine weeks. And then I realized, hey, I've got to got to get back to what I love, which is art. And I wanted to make myself marketable, you know, in terms of, you know, being able to find a job. And I knew that I was always probably going to live in Kansas. Um, and so I needed to find a job where I could do art, but also make a living. And so that's how I, be, I decided, well, I'm going to be a teacher. And I, I love my little kids, but I don't really love little kids. And so I, that's why I went with secondary education. Um, high school is my absolute favorite. I love my high schoolers. They're incredible. Um, I meet so many cool kids. There's so many different personalities. Um, and so it was a, a perfect choice for me. And I can't imagine doing anything else. 
well, um, I appreciated that. I could tell you were a teacher because you were so friendly and you were so open to answering questions and helping out, you know, and offering guidance. So I think that's, um, there's something about when you are a teacher, you just, yeah, you teach everybody. Uh, I know, you can just kind of tell, can't you? Yes, yes. So um, I appreciated being in class with you about that. So um, what got you interested in studying um, painting at SCAD? Uh, so actually, when I was in high school, uh, SCAD had a summer program, like a summer art program, and I wanted to go so bad. Like, they kept sending me these magazines, and I was just lusting after going to this, like, I don't know, was, maybe it was like four-week summer program in Savannah. I just desperately wanted to go. My parents were farmers, like they could not afford to do that. And so um, I had to put that on the back burner. Uh, some things came up when I was in um, undergrad that made it impossible for me to really go like out of state. So I ended up at Fort Hayes State, which was awesome. Um, but, you know, within the past two years, I really decided, hey, I think that in the future, I might want to teach at the college level, you know, whether that be an adjunct position or a full-time position, I'm not sure. But even if I don't, I need to move over on that pay scale, make a little more money. And I just spent days and weeks and maybe even months like researching different programs. And I landed on SCAD because it's so thorough. And the people who work there, the, the instructors, the professors, their work's incredible. Um, they're well-known. I feel like I've met people through SCAD that I never would have met anywhere else. Like the, the connections I've made are worth the excessive amount of work. So. <laughs> but you know, it's really, I think it's um, paying off because I see your work. You're so motivated. You're so hardworking, so friendly. Um, yeah, I think you're going to utilize everything you're getting out of SCAD because I think, um, and, and turn it into what you want it to be for your career. Yeah, it's been a good, it's been a great program. And, you know, I'm excited to finish up there and see where it takes me. So what's your favorite technique to work in? I really like mixed media. So um, lately I've really been trying to explore utilizing the canvas as a substrate, which people feel like they can come up and touch. I, I don't like this idea of the work not being interactive. Um, I'm not saying interactive in terms of like walking into a room and, you know, like dancing with the piece, but I want people to be able to come up and like touch my work. And so lately I've been experimenting with resin and I didn't really like that. And so um, I've been laying down these really thick uh, collage layers before I start painting. And then I'll put the paint on, you know, impasto super thick. So it's really tactile. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. I love to, you know, go in with collage and then acrylic, um, and then oil pastel and graphite and drag through the paint and create really cool layers. Um, when I first started at SCAD, they encouraged me to work in oils, which I had never done. And I actually really, really loved oil painting, but it was causing me terrible migraines and health issues. And it was the fumes from it. And so I had to get away from it, but I'm back at acrylic, which is what I, you know, obviously started in, you know, when I was in high school and it's, it's my happy place working with acrylic and you know acrylic has come a long way so you really can get oil like texture and you know slow drying if you're working with a certain type of acrylic paint nice and can you tell a little bit because it's hard to tell because i'm so um uh, with instagram because you're looking at a picture how big are you working as far as scale wise are these um 
So there's a lot of variety. I would say on average, three foot by four foot is about how big I work. Um, Professor Knudsen is one of the uh, painting instructors at SCAD and he encouraged me in my first class, and I, this has stuck with me, to just staple the canvas right to the wall, like the canvas off the roll, just right to the wall. And I really love that because I don't know if you, you know, when you're working with a roll of canvas, it can be like five foot tall. And then you're not like stuck on this uh, frame of the canvas. Like you're working on the wall and it just feels like a lot more open and free to work with. And so it's easier to make bigger pieces doing that. And I really liked that suggestion from him. And it's, yeah, it's just been something that I really like doing. And I like stretching my own canvases. Um, plus it's a lot more affordable than buying them pre-stretched. Yeah, that's, that's a great tip. I appreciate that. I have yet yeah. to venture. I did oil painting once and I haven't done acrylics and since it's been ages, but um, I, I just, I, I struggled with painting. Painting is really hard. <laughs> I just feel like it's, it's a completely me. different thought process. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, so I was, I consider myself more of a drawer, I guess. And, and you're like, excellent at it, yes. Oh, that's kind of me to say. <laughs> and I always gravitated towards, I know, like, for some people, they don't like watercolors, but I'm more like a watercolor person, which is kind of the opposite direction you would do with painting as far as, you know, well, you know, I guess because- I feel like you're so meticulous, though. That really makes sense. Like, all of your drawings are so detailed and so refined, and I feel like that's a watercolorist personality. Just very patient, and I'm completely impatient and just a spaz when I get in the studio. <laughs> so. And I was curious, as a teacher, has it spilled in uh, what you've been learning through SCAD, like in your classroom, how you're utilizing, you know, the stuff that you've gained knowledge-wise? 100%. So, not only- have I kind of uh, changed my method of teaching? I really am allowing the kids to do more exploration type work. Um, you know, I provide them obviously a framework and then they have to create a piece that fits within that framework. So it's not like the teaching for artistic behavior style of teaching. It's kind of like a modified version of that. Um, but I feel like that's how I learned best and that's, and I feel like that's what the SCAD professors have done really well um, for me is they've kind of opened it up and just let me kind of explore what I'm interested in. You know, when I first jumped into this program, I was like, oh my goodness, what am I, am I going to be painting, you know, super formalist style work or you know, hyper-realism? That's not my thing. Mm -hmm. um, but no, they've really encouraged me and pushed me to make the work that I love making and really take it to the next level. And so that's what I'm trying to do with my high school students. I actually just finished up um, a teaching internship with a drawing class at SCAD. And so I utilized some of those, uh, the, the projects and I modified them to a high school level. And I feel like my drawing students got a lot out of that. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm always learning something. I think that's why, you know, I just geek out about school and teaching because you're learning something every day. And there's always a great opportunity for me to, you know, kind of twist it and change it and apply it to my students. That's awesome. And then I was wondering what classes are you currently teaching right now with your high school students? Okay, so I teach um, drawing and painting and ceramics. I also teach a metal crafts and jewelry class. Um, I teach printmaking and then basic design. And then this year I also am teaching art history. Oh, wow. You are, yeah, so you are, you are going like gangbusters. That's a lot of the lessons and different aspects, even though they are, you know, it's still art, but it's a lot. 
it's a lot of different preps. Yeah, it's, you know, luckily this this uh, year we moved to block schedule because of COVID, but block schedule has been so great for me because it's so much less chaotic to have to switch, you know, to eight different preps. You know, I have four preps or five preps a day and that's awesome for me. But next year, next year we're switching back. So it's going to be chaos again, but it makes the days go really fast. So. Wow. Yeah, because I, you know, it's like, well, you know, there are pluses and minuses, but I've done both where I've had two and a half hour long classes with high school students and then I've had oh man yeah <laughs> then I've had the eight preps a day that was let's that's a lot too there's like pluses or minuses for both yeah um, yeah but it just you you flex you just kind of go with it as a teacher that's what I found they just kind of throw whatever and you just go roll with it and so my next question rolls into with the pandemic how has that has there been any changes because uh, it's you know all teachers they're so adaptable like with the pandemic going on has it how has it changed what your classroom looks like and what's going on so actually I had to completely reformat my classroom I am just all about collaborative projects and kids working together and I love kids sitting at the same table and talking while they're working because I feel like it's a great opportunity not only to you know, work on your art project, but also to kind of maybe get that level of social socialization that they don't get outside of my classroom because they're always on their phone or in their, they're in a class where, you know, that type of behavior isn't appropriate. Um, but this year it's been different because, um, and I've really had to kind of rethink the way I do things because I'm a free spirit. I kind of, I, I'm, the, the kids are awesome. You know, they act like young adults. And so I can kind of let them have a little bit of free reign. They haven't had that as much this year. We've had really strict seating charts. They all have to sit at their own table you know, they're wearing masks all the time. Um, we've had, you know, really extensive cleaning measures in the art room, which, you know, it's just a messy place to begin with. And so, you know, ev at the end of every hour, we spend 15 minutes cleaning. Um, and so, you know, that kind of cuts into educational time. We also have to do these mask breaks where we go outside and the kids are spaced out, they take their masks off. Um, so, you know, it does cut into the educational time, you know, but our administration at my school, I will say this, has been very understanding. They've said multiple times, take what you want to do and cut it in half. And, you know, not, it's not to say that the kids aren't getting a good education because they absolutely are. Um, but, you know, we have to realize this is challenging for them too, you know, and so you don't need to go, you know, crazy all the time with, you know, work, work, work. It's okay to just sit back and relax and process and talk and, um, you know, kind of develop that connection with the students that, you know, we maybe lost last spring when we were out of the classroom. Yeah, that's really tough. I felt like it was a weird disconnect. It was just kind of like it just stopped. Everything just kind of stopped. And though I switched over to doing Zoom sessions and things like that, it was a little awkward because everybody's situations at home were so different. You know, you just never knew. So yeah, they, they actually told me at my district, they said, hey, you know, art's tough right now. And so I actually didn't do anything. <laughs> I had like three months off and that was pretty much it. I mean, and it was just, and I felt so bad for the teachers who, you know, math teachers or English teachers who have to, you know, constantly develop lessons and figure out how you're going to get this across to students who may or may not have internet. Um, so it was, it was lucky for me. And I also was able to teach my kiddos at home. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting and I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, I, I miss my classroom. I was like, I went yeah. ahead and I decided to, because of everything going on, I was like, and then I have a son and then figuring out how his school was going to work out. I just went ahead and decided to go to grad, graduate school full time. So 
I'm like, yeah, I remember when you announced that June, I think you announced it on Instagram or something yeah. or in class. I don't remember. Yeah. So, um, it's been different because now I feel like the walls are closing and I'm so used to having a classroom. I was like, oh, I, you know, the first few months it's like summer break. And then you go like, oh, I miss my classroom. I miss having yeah. students. I miss that interaction. Exactly. That, yeah. I mean, it's such a big part of who we are as teachers. I, I went through like almost a little bit of a mental crisis. I was like, I've always been a teacher. Like, oh my gosh, you know, as like a graphic designer before that, I was just like, it's, you know, you, I go like, well, what am I now? I'm just a student. Oh, this is weird. <laughs> I know. I can't imagine not being a teacher. I just, I just, I don't, this is just who I am. Like <laughs> just I, a teacher. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can totally tell that with your, your personality. So what do you plan after you finish at SCAD and you've gotten, you know, your thesis done, what would be your, you know, ideal as far as what you're planning to do afterwards? You know, I feel like life is just so unpredictable. So I'm just not one to really make plans, which probably drives a lot of people crazy. Um, but really, you know, I'm fine with whatever. If I end up just taking this degree and just moving over on the pay scale and teaching high school until I'm 65, that's what's gonna happen. Ideally, I think I'd like to teach a college painting class. Um, I actually just bought a house in town um, in Ellsworth. So that's kind of exciting. And so I can't really see myself like relocating or commuting to teach at a college. Um, but I don't know, you know, I just don't know what's going to happen. It really opens up a lot of different avenues for me. I don't think I'd ever be a full-time studio painter because I, you know, where I live, there's not a lot of gallery opportunities. Um, it's a very, very small town. There's no big cities nearby. Um, so that's not really fiscally possible for me um but you know what wherever the wind blows me is going to be fine <laughs> that's awesome I know you land on your feet you you're always doing something workshops I see your Instagram you're like oh she's doing a workshop or she's doing this that's really cool so, I'm always thinking <laughs> yeah you're constantly on the ball with things and so um and that's one of the things I noticed you were doing like Etsy you're doing your your t-shirts that you were having made so what inspired to you to pivot and kind of do more of the business of, you know, putting your work out there and, and how has that worked out and things like that? So I feel like I've always been really business minded. I get that from my dad. Um, the man is just a business genius. And <laughs> so he's always looking for ways to make money and he's a people person. Um, and so I'm that same way. And, um, you know, the t-shirts came to light last spring when I was at home and I didn't have anything to do. And um, it took off like crazy. And honestly, towards the end of summer, it was so busy that I just got burnt out. Like it was nuts. Like at the, at the beginning, I remember my mom saying, you know, this, you know, is it going to work? Is it going to be good? And I was like, yeah, I think it's going to be okay. You know, I maybe make 20 t-shirts a week. I was making like 300 t-shirts a week. It was oh insane. Oh my gosh, Avery, that is insane. Like you were by yourself. Yeah. And I was literally out there at like one o'clock in the morning and then I'd wake up at seven and I'd go outside. And it's like the whole summer when I was, should have been like playing with my kids. I was literally like chained to this t-shirt studio, just like making t-shirts. So I kind of, I, frankly, I just had to stop. I was like, this is nuts. I can't keep doing this into the school year. Like I've got to focus on my kids and my students and my education. Um, <laughs> but 
you know, I did sell the t-shirts on Etsy. I continue to sell artwork on Etsy. Um, I actually, instead of selling t-shirts, I was always, I was looking for a way to have some residual income where I'm not having to actually make something to make money. Like it's just making me money without me doing anything. And so I started selling my designs on um, my original t-shirt designs on Etsy. And that's been really profitable. And so I have, I, I've taken Etsy in two different directions, my original fine art Etsy page. And then I have like a digital art page. Um, and so it's been great. Like, I feel like Etsy, if you've got good stuff, it kind of sells itself. Um, I, I know some people haven't had great luck with it, but Etsy has been nothing but good to me. Oh, that's nice. So do you find it's more profitable with your digital page or is it more people on Etsy are buying your physical product? Um, Oh man. Well, I mean, I think it's more profitable to sell the physical product. Mm -hmm. I sell a lot of the digital product, but it's relatively cheap. I mean, six to 10 bucks a pop. You're not going to get rich overnight with that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I once in a while will release batches of works on paper and people love affordable work. Um, you know, everybody wants original artwork, but they don't want to spend $1,500 because let's call it what it is. Not a lot of people can afford that. Um, so when I release these batches of, you know, works on paper, whether it be abstracts or, you know, chickens or cows, they sell out really quickly um, because they're priced affordably. You know, once you find that sweet spot with your pricing, uh -huh. um, you know, if, if you can figure out a way to make sure that it's worth your time, you can uh -huh. afford your, you know, supplies. If you can get the price where people are like, hey, I, I feel like I could become a collector of this artist's work. Like it's not gonna break the bank for me to have three or four of her pieces. Mm -hmm. Then you kind of get them hooked and then they're like, oh, maybe I wanna buy a bigger piece. And so I feel like that's been a, a really good way for me to go about Etsy. And it's been a really great way for me to grow my business. I actually sold a small chicken painting, a work on paper. And then a couple months later, um, the person came back and wanted to buy like a big custom original one, like a, like a work on canvas for um, a home that they were designing. And so that was really exciting. And so, you know, those, those little sales really open the door to those bigger sales. So it's good stuff. Yeah, because Avery, I can totally see with your stuff, uh, your work, your uh, paintings fitting into that home decor because you have like, I was like, oh my goodness, she needs to turn some of these into a surface design. I could see these on like, you know, clothing. I could see these on, you know, whether on canvas and in homes and stuff like that because it's very appealing. It's very like, I don't know, looking at your work makes me happy. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I just have, I feel happy vibes going on. And so I think it really lends itself to people who want that kind of environment. They want those colors because I love your colors in your work. Thank you. And I'm sure that's a draw for collectors. And also the subject matter is great too, because I was like, oh, it's from her personal, like, you know, her, the farm that she has and then her childhood. I mean, this is all just very, you know, um, it reminds me of a simpler time when things were less complex and being on the computer all the time. So I love that nostalgia about your work. So going into color, can do you have any suggestions for artists who are trying to improve their color or come up with more interesting color combinations for their work? Um, so my suggestion um, is always to work in layers. So I don't ever start working directly on like a white canvas. I always tone it with some sort of like, I don't know, tan or even black, and then go from there. Um, I will also say I don't 
I try to not ever use colors directly from the tube or bottle. I always try to mix colors. Um, and, you know, a lot of times if you get what I would consider maybe kind of an ugly color on your canvas, it really has a tendency to make those brighter colors pop. And so um, a good example of this, I painted this kind of like uh, this abstract where the bottom was like white and then the top had some crazy colors. Well, as I was mixing, I was getting this kind of weird tannish brown color, but the more I worked with it, the more I put bright colors around it, it really created this awesome neutral that wasn't that hideous once I got all done. So, you know, experimenting with color, not being afraid to mix color is a really good thing. Um, I also would suggest, you know, investing in some decent paint. I know that, you know, it's, it's, paint is expensive, but golden acrylic is where it's at now and forever. I mean, that stuff, it lasts for like five years if you take care of it and keep it, you know, in a temperature controlled room. Um, but, you know, investing in some good paint with some good pigment in it can really, really change the game. Um, I feel like my painting went from like maybe a two to like a six when I invested in better paint. So, it's unfortunate that we have to spend a little more money to, to elevate our work, but I think it's a good payoff. Nice. And do, do you think as a painter, do the brushes matter or no, you can just use like, <laughs> I don't know. I've been on the fence. I keep, even with my watercolors, I finally invested in some really nice um, series seven watercolor brushes. And then I'm like afraid to use them because I've always been using <laughs> the cheap brushes that are like, oh, this is like Michael's or from uh, the hardware store for $2. So Okay. Okay. So um, this is going to drive some people crazy. Yeah. I think like yeah. I am just a brush abuser. Like it's awful. Mm -hmm. I will paint and just leave them in the water and then forget about them and then come back to them. So I don't feel like the brush is really, I mean, you can start with a good brush, but I've started with so many good brushes and maybe have like one to my name right now. Every, every brush looks like it's having a bad hair day. Like it's dried paint or it's on the ground or it's like broken because I left it in the water. Um, so, I mean, sometimes I even use my fingers and I mean, it just, the brush is, the brush is down there um, on the level of importance for me. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's good to know. I, I mean, I just, I have not really done a lot of real painting like that. And I'm, I have a friend of mine, the one that um, we shared the messages, she's been trying to get me to oil paint and try some painting. And I, so maybe one day I'll get down that road and try that. Well, now, and I feel like with oil painting, brushes are probably a little more important. The way I work, just, you know, so abstract and so mm -hmm. thick with color. Um, if I was trying to do smaller details, yeah, I think the brushes would probably be a little more important. Um, and I'd probably spend a little more time cleaning them out. But let's call it what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm very forgetful. And by the time I'm done painting, like I don't, I forget to clean the brushes out. <laughs> well, you're also super busy. You know, you have so many things going on. Um, so, oh yeah, so how do you manage all that, the work-life balance thing, you know, being a teacher, being a mom, doing the artist thing, doing all these things at the end of the day, how, how do you, do you have any suggestions, what, what's worked for you? Um, I just, I feel like you just have to love, you know, you have to love what you're doing. Like, I love going to school. I love learning. I love being a teacher. Um, that's what makes it easy for me to go and teach eight hours at school and then come home and teach for two more hours and then spend three hours at night working on, you know, grad school stuff. Um, I also have found a way I feel like to seamlessly blend my education and my art making with my teaching. So kids, um, especially teenagers, uh, students who are interested in art as a career, love to see 
a person who has a degree in art working. They love to see that process. They love to learn about that. And so, um, you know, the kids do allow me to work, you know, simultaneously alongside them, you know, just and they enjoy that process. They like seeing, you know, what I'm doing. And I feel like it benefits them because, you know, I've been doing it for so long. Um, that they can pick up different techniques or, you know, hey, I like the way she's doing that or I don't like the way she's doing that. Um, it really opens up a cool dialogue for the kids. But yeah, just um, I keep a planner and that's a good tip, you know, <laughs> make sure I get all my bills paid in between all this painting and teaching. Um, but you just have to love what you're doing so it doesn't feel like work because I feel like if I didn't like what I was doing, I wouldn't be as motivated as I am. Yes, um, because you are definitely working and churning out some amazing artwork. I always see something new on your Instagram, and uh, it's, it's always looking amazing. So the thank next, you. You're welcome. And the next question. So it, after all this experience of teaching and making art, you go back, if you could go back in time and tell yourself a bit of advice that would help you on your art journey, what would that be? Hmm. Oh, this is a really good question. Um. I feel like I would tell myself to spend more time in undergrad in the studio. Um, I was in such a hurry to get through my undergrad years and I'm not sure why in hindsight, I can't even remember, but I was taking like 27 hours a semester. Um, but I just didn't, I, I mean, I made cool stuff. I was actually a ceramics, uh, my, my degree was in ceramics. It was an emphasis in ceramics. Um, yeah, and so I spent some time there, but I feel like I could have networked with more people and I could have really pushed what I was doing even further if I would have spent more time in the studio in undergrad. So just, you know, taking that opportunity and really making the most of it would be what I wish I would have done differently. And that's really the only thing I can I can say that I would do differently is I would spend more time in the studio in undergrad. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of felt the same way from my experience in undergrad I don't know it's like you just wanted to get done and now I'm just like trying to enjoy because it's like when will I ever have this kind of time to just really delve into my process and figure out how I do things why I'm doing them um, in graduate school so I think it's nice to have that those years of experience and be a little yes. older and then go back to school so yeah I agree I feel like you know that I, you know in the moment sometimes I'm like oh my goodness am I ever going to be done with this or this but I realize you hey you know in a few months I'm going to be done with graduate school and I'm never going to have that opportunity again so I'm really trying to you know capitalize on it and make the most of it Oh, wow. So you're that close to finishing I didn't realize yeah I should be done in December <gasps> cool oh my gosh that's yeah. congratulations when that you know that's right around the corner and so do you have to do anything like a final like you know your I guess your thesis would be your final thing you do yeah so there's like a thesis paper that you have to write and then there's a thesis show mm -hmm. and so uh, I'm actually on Monday the, the new quarter starts as you're well aware I'm sure <laughs> um I'm I'm starting some of my like thesis courses, like where I'm working on, you know, my thesis work, my exhibition. So um, I'm really starting to kind of generate some ideas for where I'm going to take my artwork for this, this thesis exhibition. So I'm excited. That is so cool. You must be so excited. Your family must be really proud of you and happy for you too. That yeah, they're super supportive. Oh, that's wonderful. So uh, two questions left. Um, so the next one is at the end of your life, you've created all the paintings and artwork that you've wanted to do, and you could leave nothing behind. What would be 
the three final truths that you would tell people? Love who you want to love, be who you want to be, and live like there's no tomorrow. That's awesome. And that's how I'm living my life. So <laughs> it's going pretty good. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, because there, those are all great words of wisdom and advice. Um, I think it just... Um, I don't know. I think it just takes time to figure those things out. It's like, I think you're exactly right. But once you figure it out and once you kind of figure out your, your, your sort of path, it's a beautiful ride. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, being a high school teacher, you know, I would listen to my students and they'd be like, Oh, I didn't get my first choice of where I want to go to school. And, and they seem to think it's an absolute. And I was like, well, have you thought about, you could go a year and then you just transfer. That's what I did. You know, it's like for my undergrad, cause I didn't start out, you know, um, where I first started with. So I, I, they, it's just when you're so young, you think, I think that there are limited, but when you get a different option, a lot of times those options can be great and it can work out to your advantage. Things that you didn't think about just because yeah I absolutely I absolutely agree with that you know I have kids who say well I'm gonna go major in this and they're so set on that and I say you know really if it doesn't work out I said you know you're probably gonna change your mind you know halfway or a year into your your studies so I said you know don't put all your eggs in one basket I said get there and see you know because you transform so much between the time you're a senior and high school and the time you're a senior in college those are just so those years are so transformative and so for you know the idea that you have to make this life-altering decision at the age of you know 17 or 18 is just crazy to me yes I totally agree with you and then thinking that it's a predictor of your success for the rest of your life I could like have many many years of life you will have and things that will happen that'll go great other things won't that's just how life is and and uh, just be open to different things that come your way. So yeah, but wonderful advice. And then last question is where can people see, you know, your wonderful paintings since this is a podcast and I can't show it, but I will put links in the description box. But if you want to do a shout out now, that yeah, cool. absolutely. So you can actually see my work um, on Instagram, Avery Casper, Casper with a K underscore art is my Instagram. Um, you can also go to averycasper.com. That's my website. And you can find Avery Casper on Etsy. And I have a lot of originals available there too. So nice. Well, I'm going to check out your Etsy because I would love to get a teacher. I meant to to actually try to get one if or something off of your site. I got to go look at it and everything. And so thank you so much for sharing your expertise and knowledge. And I wish you the best of luck and success with uh, finishing your graduate degree, but I don't think you'll need it. You, you definitely know what you're doing. And, um, and uh, yeah, um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me to, to join you on your podcast. This is awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to My Creative Life.